TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, loves, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN, Hour 4, Hourly with Bowerly. And uh, we've been talking about your recommendations for uh, Netflix and Amazon viewing. Um, and the show today was basically spawned by the fact that Band of Brothers is on Netflix right now. They just put it on and uh, I got sucked into it and Nick in Buffalo um, he led off the he, he ended the uh, last uh, half hour of the show uh, talking about a movie that I recommended that I haven't heard anybody diss and sometimes it you, you don't want to recommend stuff because you don't know if everybody's on the same page but uh, it was on Amazon I believe now you have to mm-hmm. buy it which of course I did uh, and it's called The Outfit and do you want to you want to run through the plot real quickly of the outfit because I love the movie. I just I, I cannot get enough of the outfit. Well, the funny thing is, Mark Rylance is well it turns out to be an ex hitman that moves to Chicago to get away from violence. Which if you're going to get away from violence, Chicago is the last place you want to go. But yeah, whatever. But he's uh, just a meek, mild mannered uh, cutter, not Taylor. <laughs> uh, who has an office and uh, has a, a shop, rather. Uh, Zoe, I forgot her last name, uh, plays his assistant. Deutsch. She's really good in this. Zoe Deutsch. Uh, just, uh, Zoe Deutsch, that's right. Everybody in it's real good, especially Rylance. But uh, he basically starts a mob war. Um, these mobsters keep going into his uh, into his tailor shop, to uh, his cutter shop, to, uh, to buy suits. And uh, he sets one up against the other. And the uh, the one that he sets up actually ends up getting killed by the other one, and then he sets that one up by pretending that he taped a conversation with it. It's really good. There's a lot of nuances to it, a lot of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in it's really good, and um, it, it's definitely worth the uh, worth the time if you got to pay for it. Yeah, it costs a couple bucks up, go for it. Oh, but, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, a- absolutely. And what you you said something uh, during your description of the uh, the plot of the movie that is uh, it becomes very ironic. I, I hate to spoil the movie for anybody, but it becomes very ironic because repeatedly he told people, "I'm not a tailor. I'm a cutter." Uh, what does he say? Give somebody a needle and thread in 15 minutes and they can become a tailor. I studied for right. years before they'd allow me to open up my own shop on the row, uh, Savile Row in uh, in London. And um, right. not that I've seen the movie a couple of times, but uh, maybe I have. Um, and the end of the movie, that line becomes very, very ironic. ironic. And yeah. I, I, I hope um, with uh, there's no reason why they could not do a sequel to the outfit following yeah, the go to? following the, the cutter to out. he comes to maybe he comes to buffalo maybe he comes to buffalo maybe he goes, he goes uh, back at, to he london he goes to klein hands he works at klein hands he works downtown <laughs> at the uh, at one of those old play uh, riverside men's shop there he is making suits could be you never know 
No, he'd have he'd have his own place because his suits are bespoke suits. They are uh, they're the ones you have to go in several times uh, for your fittings and uh, and measurements. Right. And um, it's uh, I guess uh, he actually the actor uh, Mark Rylance actually went to uh, Savile Row to to get some of his techniques down uh, for the movie. How he uses his what is it called Taylor's chalk. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on right. that, but. Yeah, no, the the movie is uh, it it is just it it. You know what? You would think well, that a movie. Think they, he might have learned how to use the chalk. I don't think they taught him how to use the shears there. He uh, learned how to use the shears someplace else, probably. Well, at least the way he uses the shears uh, in the final scene yeah, of the movie that absolutely. certainly was not instructed anywhere of repute. Okay, the end of the movie again. Without, uh, I, I hate to spoil this for anybody because it's such a great movie. But when he rolls his sleeves up, yeah. and he bas- basically says, "You really don't want to mess with me. I may seem mild mannered, but you have no idea what I really am." Um, how much of a surprise was that to you? Because it blew me away. I was totally yeah, shocked. It by was it. it was a kind of like a yeah, come on moment until he made the face that he made while he was oh. taking care of business. Yes, that right there kind of convinced you. Okay, maybe this is kind of legit. Because before you're thinking it, okay, fine, it's Mark Rylance. It's, he's a he's a cop. But when he made that fan that that face, that was I. Unbelievable acting on his part, man. That just blew you away when he when he gave, and it was for one second, and then he caught himself and stopped it. But man, that look on his face uh, kind of put some credence to what he was saying. Oh, with the, you know what? The minute he rolled up his sleeves, the whole movie changes, and it's about maybe five yeah. minutes left in the movie, and the entire perception of his character changes dramatically. And Absolutely. I, uh, you know, I, I that. People, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. If you want a great movie, the outfit is a phenomenal movie. It was so good that after watching it for free for a long time, I bought it because I wanted it okay. in the collection. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any other? Oh, sorry about that. Any other recommendations uh, that you would like to make, sir? You know, something, a couple things on Amazon, which they're they're kind of under the radar uh, series, Sneaky Pete. Um, is really good about a con man who gets out of jail and pretends to be his cellmate uh, with the cellmate's family. It's pretty good. It's definitely something that'll suck you in. And then a movie called, a series called The Patriot was pretty good. They only made that for one season. It was supposed to continue on, but that didn't, it just stopped after one. But both of those are pretty, especially Sneaker Pete, uh, Sneaky Pete. Uh, Giobato Rabisi, however you say, I'm Italian, I can't even say his name, uh, <laughs> it, it plays the uh, main character, and he, he's pretty good in it. So that, that's definitely worth a watch. Now, is that does it have anything to do with, and this is probably a really stupid question, but does it have anything to do with uh, the Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot? Is is that the era, or is it a totally different era? No, no, it's totally different. It's uh, this kid, the guy, the main character is a spy uh, who's trying to set up his doing something in the Middle East and um, or Europe, rather. I'm sorry, not, not Middle East, Europe. It's supposed to go to the Middle East for season two, but it, it, it stopped after season one. Now he's somebody who works for the CIA. What, I mean, that's something I try to figure out, though, is why all of these series and movies and fascination with CIA? Why? I don't know. I mean, people think it's it, they have the FBI, too. It was the FBI, I think the X-Files, Turned the made the FBI popular, yeah. uh, even though you had the FBI series before that with Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. 
Oh, yeah. But recently, see, I think one of the things, Tom Clancy books, I, I think really, and I know a lot's come out of that since then, but I think Clancy's books really got people enthralled with the CIA, the movies they made, you know, uh, even though most of them were not even anything cl- you know, close to do with the book. No, you know, uh, especially the one they just made on Amazon, Clear and Present Danger. I mean, not that, um, without remorse, rather. That had nothing to do with the book whatsoever. They just stole the title and character's name that was it but i I think a lot you know clancy's books and especially people my age who read them when they were younger um just had this fascination with the cia hey another one uh just dawned on me when you're talking about federal agencies that is on netflix right now clint eastwood in the line of fire have you seen that oh eons ago but yeah i mean that was obviously classic malkovich but um that was that was good i mean I, i remember seeing it like when it came out back back in the day, but uh, that was good. I mean, the, the the cat and mouse game between him and, and Malkovich were just – it was just great. Renee Russo was good in it. Um, Dylan McDermott, I think it's Dylan, whatever his name is, uh, his partner in the movie uh, in right. the uh, movie gets um, – it's, it's just good. It's really, really yeah, good. It, and it, the, the it really, it, it really is, is, but – well, I mean, but the the, the whole um, uh, plot is based around this old Secret Service agent who uh, was present in Dallas when Kennedy was shot and didn't react fast enough uh, to the initial shots. And uh, Malkovich's character is out to shoot the president. It, it, it's it's a great plot, and the ending is uh, tremendous. And uh, Malkovich is just beyond awesome in that movie. Eastwood, of course, turns in his usual solid performance. And uh, the plot itself is great. And uh, it it definitely is worth a watch. If you haven't seen uh, In the Line of Fire, definitely check out In the Line of Fire. Secret Service, if you ever see Parkland, it's got to do with the Kennedy assassination. Yes. Um, the investigation of, of of Oswald and how they knew his name and and they got speaking about Band of Brothers where uh, uh, Louis Nixon didn't follow up with it. Uh, that was really fascinating. That and then Billy Bob Thornton's role in it and the protection end of it and the the hospital scene I think got a little was not too the way they didn't want to treat us. I heard somebody get interviewed who was there and they're like, no, we just treat everybody equal. But the, the Secret Service end of it, especially with Zapruder, uh, them working with him to find out, you know, what was there. I think that was great, too. I mean, yeah. most and of the, the guy was pretty good. The yeah. guy who played Oswald uh, in the movie Parkland uh, with, of course, my dear friend, Billy Bob Thornton. You forgot to throw that part in there. Uh, oh, but the, the guy who played Oswald looks so much like Oswald. and oh, an um, image of him. Oh, it's just it's it's frightening. It's disturbing. He looks a lot more like Oswald than Gary Oldman did in JFK. Uh, JFK but right. the, the the Parkland movie is absolutely worth watching. Um, it it really is. Um, obviously, we know how the story ends, but it does offer an interesting behind the scenes look. I don't know exactly how historically accurate it is. Uh, as far as times, places, and who was where, and when they were uh, when they were there, but uh, it is uh, it is interesting. Thank you so much. I appreciate the call. Good stuff. Hey, Tom. Take care. All right. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. Apparently, apparently, we we must share the same brain because uh, I think we like the same movies or love the same movies, as the case may be. And uh, one of the things you know, we mentioned YouTube earlier. I'm going to get into another topic here as we wind down the program and wind down the week. But um, one of the uh, uh, things that you might do with YouTube um, 
especially if you don't remember the Kennedy assassination, um, every one of the networks that had coverage, which was every single one of them, um, the archived footage is online. And you can literally watch five hours, six hours straight of what actually went out over the air um, on the day of the assassination. And what's really interesting is uh, there's one guy, on, I think it was the ABC coverage of the Kennedy assassination, who very early on, and this was this was a big shot. This was no, this was a big shot, and I've forgotten his name, so I guess maybe he wasn't that big of a shot, but um, who said, there's not a doubt in my mind that this was a conspiracy, and I, I'm thinking to myself, whoa, whoa, that took some serious big ones to come out and say it when he said it, um, and I, boy, I wish you could find the audio as quickly as uh, I'm, it, it would take a, a couple hours of searching to find exactly that for which I would be looking. But uh, if you ever, seriously, if you ever want to see some unbelievable news broadcasting, when news was still news, you go back and you watch the footage of uh, the actual broadcast from November 22nd, 1963. And even today, it is spellbinding. And I'll give you a little secret here. Um, one of the influences, like I, unfortunately, breaking news is often tragic news, okay? Uh, it just, unfortunately, is the way of the world. And uh, one of the things that uh, I've tried to do over the years is I've tried, when I do breaking news coverage, um, is I try to be like the people were on the air on November 22nd of 1963, because those people were real. I'm not a journalist. I'm a talk show host. But when breaking news happens, I kind of switch gears and I go into journalism mode. And I totally try to emulate what those people did on that day when all hell was breaking loose. Nobody knew exactly what was going on. And somehow they had to hold it together and have something like a cohesive broadcast. But if you ever if you're interested in history and maybe you didn't live through that part of our history or you want to go back and uh, relive the horrors of that day 60 years ago, um, I definitely suggest uh, going back. It, it should be. See. The, the broadcast I just referenced should be mandatory for every journalism student in the United States because, again, that is when journalists were journalists. And the technology of 1963 was nothing like the technology we have today. And how those guys in 1963 were able to go back and forth, given the technology at the time, is mind-boggling, um, and I just you know you you, you think that uh, I, I I've often wondered what the coverage um, that that coverage not wondered but I've often thought that the coverage from that day of those people of that event was just so unbelievably good, and I compare it to most of the people in major media today, and frankly the people in 1963 would blow them away. Um, that's how good they were. And it's a great, 
Um, it's a great modeling exercise uh, for those who uh, wish to be actual, real, live journalists. Hey, it is Bowerly for the uh, Buffalo Dental Group. The Buffalo Dental Group has moved into a brand new facility in Williamsville. The new address is 6600 Main at Brompton in Williamsville. The Englewood address remains the same. The Buffalo Dental Group is led by Dr. Vossler and Dr. Kolber, and they're all about minimally invasive dentistry at the Buffalo Dental Group. Now, just be advised, there are some dental practices that have opened opened up and it's almost like they're trying to hop on the Buffalo Dental Group's bandwagon because they have established themselves with names that if you aren't paying attention, you'd think you're talking with the Buffalo Dental Group, but you aren't. Unless you're talking to the Buffalo Dental Group, you ain't talking to the Buffalo Dental Group. And minimally invasive dentistry, one of the things they love to do at the Buffalo Dental Group would be uh, if you've been told that you need uh, a crown, if you've been told that you need an implant by your current dentist, the Buffalo Dental Group would like the opportunity to offer you a second opinion because they do a lot of minimally invasive stuff and their goal is to preserve as much of an individual tooth and as many of your collective teeth as possible at the Buffalo Dental Group and they do a great great job. Now there's one phone number for the Buffalo Dental Group and it is in the 716 and it is rather easy to remember. It is 634 1234 634 1234 the Buffalo Dental Group. Tell them Bowerly sent you coming up after the news at uh, 530 going to talk uh, a little bit about marriage and some interesting marriage stuff. So don't go anywhere on News Radio 930 WBEN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hmm. Okay, how about this? All right, it is uh, Bowerly Love on News Radio 930 WBEN on a Friday. Uh, apparently, my brain glitches uh, are contagious. Poor Joe Cowley got the brain glitch in the middle of his traffic report. Don't worry about it, Joe. It happens. If it happens to me, it's going to happen to you. I've been I've been glitching all day long, and I have no idea why. Uh, probably, I don't know. Is it because I don't drink coffee? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the few Americans, apparently, who does not drink coffee. But anyway, uh, came across an interesting story on uh, CBS, and I wanted to uh, get your take on it. Most American women still say, I do, to name change after marriage, according to a new survey. And uh, this is an article by Kara Tabachnik uh, from CBS. As the institution of marriage evolves... Some things seem to be staying the same for many. A survey released by the Pew Research Center on Thursday, this would be last week, I believe, reveals that 79% of American women took their husband's name after marriage. Just 14% of women in opposite-sex marriages kept their maiden name, and 5% hyphenated their maiden name and their husband's last name. And what was interesting, according to the Associate Director for Social Trends at Pew Research, said it was interesting to see women across various age, socioeconomic, and education groups decide to take their husband's last name. Some women were more likely than others to keep their names, particularly younger women. 20% 
of married women from 18 to 49 say they kept their last name compared to 9% of those 50 or older. Women with a postgraduate degree and liberal or democratic women were also far more likely to keep their name. Hispanic women led the pack with about 30% keeping their names, about 10% of white women and 9% of black women did not change their names, according to the uh, survey. So um, a couple of questions uh, come to mind. Number one is uh, if you uh, hyphenate your last name or if you keep your maiden name or your wife keeps her maiden name after marriage, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm just kind of curious because historically, and boy, it's going to be a lot of fun for genealogists in the future, but uh, historically, uh, women took the last name of their husbands, okay? So that obviously has changed. The hyphenated name, um, when I was uh, married um, to Cassandra, she chose to use a hyphenated last name. So it was Butler Bowerly. Now, here's, here's the thing that you got to keep in mind, too, that uh, is interesting. Um, at, at least I think it, I find it interesting. And it is that uh, very recently she had some dealings with the government and she had to go through, she had to go, she had to move heaven and earth uh, to make sure that certain government documents uh, were taken care of because she'd hyphenated her last name. And I don't know all of the legalities of what she did to just go back to being a butler without the Bowerly, but she had to prove basically that we were divorced. She had to go down and get the official notarized copy of the divorce decree uh, in order to convince a certain government agency that, in fact, she was divorced and, in fact, this is her name. Um, And I'm sure it's the same thing with people who don't hyphenate. Um, when you are married and you go through a divorce, it's got to be. I don't know if you've got any stories about the pain. In I mean, divorce is tough enough, okay? But when the government uh, is involved with uh, everything, um, they make it extra tough for people because you have to uh, basically, you have to prove that you are no longer married. And I did come up with a few choice ideas for her to prove she was no longer married. Uh, But she chose the uh, legitimate one and went down to get the uh, official copy of the divorce decree. And it's I'll tell you, all these years later, it's uh, it's it's fascinating to uh, it. It makes for fascinating reading. I'll tell you that much. Um, 803-0930. Should women take their husband's last name? Should they hyphenate? Should they keep their maiden name? Now, I can think of um, areas where if somebody is married, they, I mean, see, there's a difference between, I suppose, your legal name and the name you choose to use. For example, um, let's just say that you work at a family business, which incorporates your last name as a woman, your last name into the family business. Well, if you get married, um, why should you give up that which sets you apart from the other employees. So when customers call in, they know that they're dealing with uh, somebody who is actually connected to the ownership of the business. Just kind of curious about that. Um, Have you had any issues uh, because you did not? Like, does anybody give you grief uh, if you don't take your husband's last name? Uh, Did you run into any issues um, after your divorce? Even if you didn't... um, 
uh, even if you didn't hyphenate your name, as my ex-wife did, uh, did you run into any issues with, uh, with paperwork? I mean, just all of the pain-in-the-butt things that you've uh, got to go through, um, it just it, it floors me. So should I guess the overall question, and here I do I sound like the patriarchy here? Uh, the overall question is, should a woman take her new husband's last name? Should she keep her maiden name? Or should she hyphenate? What did you, what did your wife decide to do and why? Can you c- come up with a reason why? That, to me, is the most fascinating part of this. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone and 1-800-616-WBEN. 803-0930, star 930 and 1-800-616-WBEN. And there is uh, another topic that is uh, certainly marriage-related, which uh, you know doesn't get into the political divide at all, uh, but it, it goes it runs across the gamut. Um, I was speaking with a couple of people recently um, who have been married for you know decades and decades and decades, and somehow the subject of well, how long did you guys date, or you know how long did you know each other before you got married? And I've been stunned at the number of people who have given me answers like. Well, we started dating, and one month later, we got engaged, and two months later, we were married. And I was like, are you serious? I mean, that was kind of fast. And what they tell me over and over again is, well, look, when you know, you know. And we both knew. And people looked kind of sideways at us. People looked askance at us. But askance or askew? I got to look that one up. Uh, People might have looked sideways at them, but I guess they had the last laugh because... They might have only, they've they might have only known each other for a relatively short time, and decided to get married. And for whatever reason, it worked out. Now I don't know of any research that shows that the longer people date, the less of a chance of divorce they have, and the shorter time that people date, uh, the uh, more of a chance of divorce that they would have. Looking uh, looking downrange. So kind of curious. How long did you, how long were you with the person you ended up marrying and is the marriage still alive and well? I'm particularly interested in those who might not have known their partner for a very long time at all, uh, but somehow things worked out just fine. 803-0930 is the uh, phone number. Are you somebody who, uh, like, did you date for five, ten years before you got married? I mean, I suppose some people do that and still end up getting divorced. You know, the uh, the chase was better than the catch, I guess. Um, and other people, again, I, I worked with a guy. I'm not going to name him, but worked with a guy when I started out at uh, the old radio station down the band. Uh, he was a multi-award-winning news reporter. And he literally, he literally married his wife a month after he met her. And last I heard, they were still very happily married. One month in. That's all they knew each other, one month in. And there's a, uh, a local businessman, I'm not going to name him, but I was talking to him, and the conversation uh, came up. And I said, so how long did you guys date before you got married? And it was like, yeah, three months. From meeting until marriage, it was exactly three months. And they've been married for over 30 years. So I don't know. I guess there might be some validity in that argument when you know, you know. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, 
and 1-800-616-WBEN. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. And, you know, there are some people who are perfectly content to date and remain single, um, although they have a significant other. Uh, and then there are some people. And, and, and the, 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 oh, the other thing is, too, uh, contrary-wise, um, in addition to the people who didn't know each other that long before they got married, um, they're – well, let me, let me just get some phone calls on here. I don't want to eat up all the time. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to Tim in Amherst. Tim, uh, what's your story? Hey, uh, Tom. Uh, hey, ironically, I had to call in because today's my 20, our 22nd wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations. Okay. Thank you. Um, my wife and I, have uh, we knew each other for basically six months before I proposed to her, almost to the day. So and, what, uh, what, what took you so long uh, would be one of the questions. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, did, had, you, had you done, uh, be honest with me, did you do yep. a lot of dating before you met the woman you ended up marrying? I did not do a lot of dating, no. Um, you know, dating off and on probably had a, you know, no more than a, you know, a couple months relationship, uh, before that. But I sort of my personally, I knew what I, what I wanted. And, uh, you want to call it check the box. She checked the box and, uh, and she's a very, uh, very, very gorgeous woman. So, you know, she was hard to turn down and I, I know you might appreciate that. Well, wait, wait, she, she, she proposed to you or you proposed to her? No, no, I proposed to her. Yes, I proposed, um, it, it was actually on, it was actually on my birthday. I proposed after we had our wow. first date uh, six months prior. Um, okay, now just out of curiosity, what was there a was there a turning point? Was there a decisive moment in your relationship when you said, "I'm marrying this one"? Uh, it was it was basically you know we had known each other for just about a uh, you know a couple of months or so. Uh, we worked together, uh, so we had just known each other. But I think really after that. After a, a long talk, and then, um, you know, we had just got to know we had very similar, uh, we had good foundation. It was all about the foundation for me. Um, I think we had very similar foundation and wanted, you know, we agreed on four kids. We ended up having five. Uh, so we got one more in there. Um, but um, Twins? They were not, no. No, <laughs> no, I'm, just, no I'm just curious. Just curious how that uh, whole thing worked out. So did your friends. Oh, no, no twins. Did, did your friends give you anything like a hard time? Like, uh, hey, you've only known this woman for six months. How do you know that she's the one? Uh, yeah, not, not, not really. Um, but I, I think you know my my parents didn't know each other. They weren't uh, they didn't know each other too long either. So, and her parents didn't know each other for you know that. Well, they might have dated for a couple of years. I'm sorry, I'm misquoting that. But no, I didn't get too many sideways from from them but uh, i'm sure people were thinking it they might not have just uh said anything uh well, we had a fa- well I'm, I'm sorry we had that cell phone overlap thing going on um i was at one wedding where the uh where the bride was uh, obviously pregnant and the ceremony was conducted inside a building that had this giant artillery field piece in front of it and uh, one of the attendees said i've heard of shotgun weddings but this is a little over the top I thought that was one of the funniest lines I've ever heard. One of the funniest lines I've ever heard. And your, yours was not a, uh, a your what? It, no, it was not a shotgun wedding at all. Uh, no, not at all. We didn't have our first son. Um, we might have, we didn't have our first son for, you know, another year and a half uh, later. 
Wow, that's uh, super cool. Thank you uh, very much. I appreciate hearing from you. Thank uh, you. I, I, I want to bring this topic back. Uh, I, I want to continue taking calls today, obviously. How long did you know your spouse before you got married? I'm especially interested in those who did not know their spouse for very long, and yet the marriage actually lasted. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. So happy anniversary to him uh, and uh, his wife. Uh, 22 years today of wedded marital bliss. So uh, just kind of curious, uh, quick hit phone calls here. How long, especially I, the, the short-term relationships that end up in successful marriage things, uh, very interested in those calls uh, simply because it, it has come up in a number of conversations uh, that I found myself in uh, recently, and I was thinking back to this guy, again, with whom I worked in the 1980s at the old radio station, and I could never believe the idea that, wait a minute, you, you met your wife and you went out for a month and you got married a month later? Yeah, absolutely. And he was a great guy. He was totally normal. There was nothing wrong with him. Uh, she was a wonderful lady. As far as I know, they're still married if they're still both uh, alive. Uh, had never heard anything to the contrary. Um, but I don't know, is there an ideal length of time that people should date before they end up getting married and uh, ideally committing to each other for the rest of their lives? Um, and we've got six months. Um, that would seem to be certainly on the short side. Nothing like one month, nothing like three months, but six months, half a year. Uh, and then there are people, you know, again, um, there are people who obviously date year after year after year, and uh, it, it doesn't result in anything. And if that works out for them, it works out for them. And uh, that's, that's a great thing. Um, I don't know. I, I would tend to think, uh, just as the outsider looking in, uh, I would tend to think, especially if you have done a lot of dating in your life uh, or have, uh, you know, frankly, been with a lot of people in your life, uh, you can read into that as you'd like, um, I tend to think that uh, you're in a very good position to know when something is right. And if you feel it, you feel it. And, you know, you should never do it. I don't think you should ever do it. I mean, some people do it, though. Their first relationship is the only relationship they've ever had, and somehow it worked. A lot of people, I'm sure, in your parents' generation and grandparents' generation, they did that. I mean, these were the days um, of, uh, obviously, before Tinder, before all of the uh, Internet dating sites were out. Um some people, again, I mean, they had one girlfriend, one boyfriend, and they became husband and wife. And a lot of stories like that from previous generations. I don't know that uh, the more modern generations are like that. Uh, people tend to have uh, a lot more um, relationships now than they used to because it's so much easier to have relationships now than it used to be. At least I think it's, it's a lot easier uh, to meet people if you are single now uh, than at any point in history because of the advances in technology. I mean, your next uh, your next moment, your next fling could only be a swipe away. Um, I'm going to continue this, I think, uh, next week, uh, bring this back as a topic. There's a whole bunch of other things I was going to bring up today, and I never did because we uh, got caught up in the Netflix and uh, 
uh, Amazon Prime thing. But if you want to get some recommendations on movies and shows to watch on the streaming services, I suggest you go back and you listen to the first uh, three and a half hours of the program today and uh, take notes. Um, I took some notes, but I'd rather not just uh, run through the entire list I made. But you can go back and listen to the show online at WBEN.com. Thanks to uh, Tanner Saunders for a magnificent job all week long. He starts strong. He finishes strong. And even in the middle of the week, he was strong. Uh, Tanner Saunders, great job. And, of course, uh, Joe Callie sitting in for Alan Harris doing traffic. Have yourself a very magnificent weekend, loves. It is uh, Bowerly, and I'll look for you Monday between 2 and 6 on WBEN. And coming up next, it is Tom Puckett and Buffalo's Evening News right here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.